over to Sarah and Rob. Let's give them a welcome. Good morning. Um, so, yeah, for those of you who have not been in this kind of service before, there is, it's just a feel of freedom to relax, take part, um, and also, thank you, um, if you've got little ones, there's a room at the back, and um, they can go and have a play in there. They're more than welcome to sit with you for as long as they feel happy to. Um, if they make a noise, it doesn't matter. If you make a noise, it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, just feel free to relax and take part. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah, it's family service today. Um, so we're going to have activities for the kids going on. Um, Sarah is the sweet giver. <laughs> so these aren't just for adults. Some of the children can have sweets as well. Okay. Um, and Sarah, do you want to introduce the, um, the buzzword? Okay, so I have here a list of words. If you hear Rob or I say one of these words, you need to shout out. And if you do shout out, and if you're the first to shout out, you might get a packet of sweets, okay? Um, you don't have to if you don't want to. But um, I will give out some sheets to anybody who is happy to have sheets? Anybody else? <laughs> um, if we don't have enough sheets, then um, you're going to have to share and be If you have all of the sheets, you'll probably get all of the sweets. <laughs> so there's, there's some tactics involved. Hey, let's just shout the word that you hear, not anything you want. <laughs> okay, so if you hear the word, um, we have run out of sheets. So um, if you have a look and then pass them around or photocopy some more, that'd be cool. Thank you. Okay. Um, so today we're going to be looking at the, the last of the I am's in this series. Um, so this is... I am the way, the truth, and the life. Right. Very <laughs> 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 good. Um, so I want to start off by doing the British thing and apologising, first of all. Um, you always know that when you come to do these talks that you don't feel as though what you've got is enough but we know that we've got a mighty God and whatever we bring to him, he will multiply and give out and give to those who need. Um, so it's just an encouragement really that you don't have to know it all to talk and um, yeah, come up in front of the church. Um, God will use what you give, what you, what you send out. Um, he won't let his word come, come back empty-handed. Um, so Sarah's going to read the the verse that we're going to go through um, from John. Okay. I'll put my glasses on. John 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. 
if that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, <laughs> Jesus answered, I'm not doing this. <laughs> I am the way and the truth <laughs> and the life. Angus. Oh, sorry. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered. Okay, no more Jesuses. Yeah. <laughs> it's only once per word, I'm afraid, otherwise you'll run out of sweets. I think Jesus gets mentioned again sometime in the talk. So. <laughs> No. (laughs) Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Um, so as we go through um, this, Sarah's probably going to give some explanations. If I use any complicated words, then she's going to explain some of them, hopefully. Um, so I want to start out by giving a bit of a background. Um, so the Jewish people, um, they settled into the ways of the Old Covenant, so this is all based on the law that was handed down from Moses. Oh, good. And this was central to them. This framework of Jewish life and tradition was quite hard. They had more than 600 laws. But they had grown up with it. It was all they knew and it was their routine. Many of them were waiting for the Messiah, but they were not expecting such a radical change as Jesus offered. So, yeah, they were, they were so used to wearing the, this harsh routine, um, it's a bit like getting used to wearing sackcloth. They become comfortable wearing sackcloth. And they didn't really want to change, even if it was something better, even if it was fine linen that was offered to them. This is the sort of 
the area where Jesus had to come in and make a difference and change people's lives and understanding. It's the same with um, people who are in prison for a long time. They get so accustomed to it that when they come out and experience freedom, they find it hard to not go back and desire their ways back in prison. Going slightly to a different angle for those people who over the summer have enjoyed just being able to have a very relaxed routine, but now you've started back at school. Put your hand up if you started back at school. Yeah. Um, For those who are doing school at home, are you going back into a kind of routine now of... Yes. Mum says yes. Yes. So... So you have been used to, and it's like if you go away on holiday, you've been used to waking up when you want to, doing what you want when you want to, and now your routine is going to change. You're not going to like it necessarily, but it's going to be good because you get to go to school and you get to learn some new stuff. And it's going to take a little while to get back into that routine, and you have to do it more and more, and the more you do it, the easier it gets. So it's a bit of a mind shift. So Jesus knew it would be difficult for the Jews and the disciples to break free of their current religion and traditions. So Jesus had quite a lot on his plate at this point. (laughs) But he was committed to looking after the disciples and getting them ready. He provides comfort, truths and promises to them. Now we're going to look at um, the troubled disciples. Because it was in this framework, in this environment, that disciples um, found themselves. And Jesus had called them to follow him. (laughs) (laughs) If 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 you mention Jesus and follow anymore, we'll take sweets off of you. So the disciples had left all they had to follow Jesus. So they left their livelihoods, their friends, their family, and they publicly staked their reputation on Jesus. Now following Jesus had been an amazing life-changing experience for them. But now he was starting to say some worrying things. In the previous chapter, he said, I will, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me and you will not find me. Where I am going, you cannot come. Even when Simon asked him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus said, where I am going, (laughs) you cannot follow, but you will follow later. Jesus even said, one of you is going to betray me. So it's easy for us to look at the disciples, knowing how everything turned out, um, and think what would, we would have done a lot better in that situation. But the disciples had no idea what was going to happen. Their expectations of how the Messiah was going to win his glorious victory was completely different to the way the events were unfolding. They were deeply troubled. Their world was being turned upside down. Now, although this is a talk about the way, the truth, and the life, 
we thought it was important to look at this this passage where it talks about how the disciples were troubled and Jesus comforts them. Um, So Jesus starts out um, do not let your hearts be troubled. Jesus knew that the disciples were going to freak out. He knew they were going to fear for their lives. And he knew that they'd probably question everything they'd been taught already. And Jesus. We go through similar times of distress, whether it's job security, starting school, having crab paste in your sandwiches, finances, health, family, relationships. So, who at the moment is feeling a bit anxious, a bit worried, a bit troubled, whether it might be going back to school, um, it might be going back to work. I know I used to be a teacher, and after the summer holidays, I would get really scared going back to school. And it was ridiculous. I've been teaching for years, but having a break of six weeks, I would go back and I'd be really nervous. Um, But you need to know however you're feeling, whether it's excitement or nervousness or worry or what's the future going to hold, Jesus understands and he has compassion for you. His heart is for you. And yeah, the, the passage before in chapter 13 where Jesus says, I understand, I know what you're going through. is just, I love it because it shows Jesus' big heart for us that he is there for you. He knows exactly what you're going through. So Jesus says again, do not let your hearts be troubled. So this is a command to us. And it also has the word let in it. So the implication is that we have to do something, that we have control and responsibility for our hearts and the state of our hearts. So our choices, our actions, our thinking can have an impact on our hearts. Jesus doesn't stop at comfort comforting them he reveals more of himself to them you believe in God believe also in me he also says anyone who has seen me has seen the father so Jesus often gives revelation to us in order to help us to show us what the reality of his kingdom is So in this statement, Jesus was claiming equality with God. Now, a lot of people describe Jesus as a good teacher. But if a a good teacher claims equality with God and isn't God, then he's not a good teacher. Um, This is one of the the famous things that C.S. Lewis quoted. If he wasn't God then he must either be mad or bad. But he's definitely not a good teacher. So Jesus goes on to reveal some more truth. My father's house has many rooms. Yes. Who here shares a bedroom? I share a bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) that's okay. Um, when I was little, I, I've got three sisters and I had to share a bedroom with them and boy, did we not get on. <laughs> um, so there were times I was like, mm, 
really don't like this. Um, and then we got a house where um, two of us would share and one would not share, and we would take it in turns to be the one that didn't share. And when we got there, we could make that our room the way we wanted it, and it was just amazing. So for those who want to, young or old, I've got some pictures here. Well, empty. And it says, my perfect room. Jesus has gone ahead of us, and he's preparing a way for us, and it's going to be the best place for us. What would your perfect room look like? What would you put in there? How would it look? Would you have a slide in your bedroom so you could come down easily? Um, Would you have a chocolate fountain in your bedroom? (laughs) Uh, Would you have a gaming station and chair in your bedroom (laughs) and then maybe also a secret passage where you could hide and people wouldn't know you were there and you could escape anyway there's some ideas so if you want to come and get yourselves a piece of paper and there are pens and pencils up here and you can create what your perfect room would look like well done alice um, if anybody's a bit too shy to come up, don't worry, just put your hand up and I can come and bring some stuff over to you. So Jesus said, my father's house has many rooms. He's speaking truth to them about their destination. Now, we know that when we die, we'll eventually go to heaven. But this statement is more immediate than that. Jesus says, I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go there, and if I go and prepare a place for you, um, so yes, it's not just about at the end of time. We're going to be with our Father, or we are with our Father when we're born again. So Jesus, um, yeah, Jesus, Jesus talks to them. He says that he encourages them because um, even though Jesus is about to go through the trauma and sacrifice. He still talks to them, and he still comforts them. His focus is on them, not about what he's going to do. So this is the, Jesus is facing the key battle of all eternity at the heart of God's plan. Jesus is about to bear the sin of the world and be separated from his father, bear his righteous punishment, but he's still looking after his disciples. So that's the same with us as well. Jesus has a real focus on us. He knows eternity. He knows what happens in the end. But yes, he's, he's ready to, to focus on us and spend time with us. He then goes on to say, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. So Jesus is providing assurance. He's saying, I'm coming back. Do we trust him enough to take him at his word? 
We are to be in Jesus with all the grace, favour and righteousness that brings. Your eternal home in God starts as soon as you give your life to him. So we, we still look forward to seeing him face to face. But we don't have to wait. So our relationship started already when we become born again. After this, Jesus says, you know the way I am going. And we come to this interaction with Thomas. Mm. <laughs> that was an interruption. <laughs> So Thomas says, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how, how can we know the way? Now, if I was there and Jesus said, you know the way I'm going, I probably would have kept quiet because I didn't really know and I didn't want to look stupid. But Thomas was bold enough and felt comfortable enough to ask a basic question and admit that he didn't know. Now, our families and the church family should be the same sort of environment where people can ask anything. And sometimes we have to be bold enough to speak up as well, not afraid of what others might think. One of the parts of this, this verse that I love is that you feel as though Jesus was encouraging the conversation. When Jesus says, you know the way I am going, I think he knew that they didn't really. Perhaps one or two had an inkling. But I think he wanted a conversation with them. So Jesus doesn't want to give just one monologue to his disciples. He wants to talk to them. So it's more about a relationship than just instruction. I think this is true for us as well. We have to prioritise our time to relationships and interaction um, rather than talking at people. And it can be easy, as children I'm sure know, for parents just to talk at their children and not listen I think parents have a filter where we can block out our children's voices because they seem to be quite constant. Um, But we mustn't fall into this trap. So it can happen even with spouses as well, husband and wives. So yes, going back to when Jesus says, you know the way I'm going, um, it feels as though he's leading them to the point of openly declaring their desperation. So Thomas says, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? So he wants us to be honest. They could. He wants us to be honest, even if it risks us looking silly. When we come to him, we can be real. 
We can talk, shout, cry, sing, because he wants a relationship with us, and that relationship demands honesty. That's not just true with our children and our marriages, that's true with God. Now, God already knows what we're thinking, but I think there's a a real spiritual power in communicating it with him and talking to him. Um, We can see a bit of this with how God talked to Moses in the Old Testament. (laughs) Jesus loves it when we earnestly search for him with the honesty and openness that Thomas had. He is eager to respond through his Holy Spirit with powerful revelation about himself. Now we come to the I am the way, the truth and the life. And you can almost feel that Jesus is longing to reveal more of himself to them. It almost feels as though this bursts out of him. I am the way, the truth and the life. This is the same with us when we look to him. He comforts us and reveals truth. But it's interesting that the, the disciples don't seem to be that phased when Jesus says this. They don't really seem to take it in. I think sometimes we can have words spoken to us that don't, they're planted, but we don't actually get hold of them until later. I think also just highlights whether we are listening. Are we too busy? Um, so now we're going to look on to the, the first part of the I am. So I am the way. So the way and the truth for the Jews was the law. So the law was given by Moses. I've already done it, sorry. (laughs) However, can anybody, for a packet of sweets, tell me what did Moses do on a mountain? Jonathan. He was given them, wasn't he? Very good. He wrote them down. And they were the beginnings of the law, but there were lots of laws, weren't there? So Jesus knew the master plan. He knew God's master plan. The disciples didn't. Now, there were already details in the Old Testament. There was already prophecies, already analogies about how Jesus was going to achieve this. Um, and what was going to happen with the law. One of them was the fact that in the Bible, Moses represented the law. Now, when the Israelites were wandering around um, the desert, they were waiting to pass into the promised land. (laughs) 
So the Israelites were waiting to pass into the promised land. But Moses, who represented the law, wasn't allowed to go into the promised land. So God was showing the people that the law doesn't get you there. The law isn't enough. It was only, it was only Joshua, whose name means God is deliverance, who was go, allowed to lead the Jews into the promised land. Jesus had to make it clear that God's plan was something new, a completely different way of working. If Jesus was the way, how come the Jews didn't need him in the Old Covenant? Couldn't they just carry on? Well, Jesus wasn't just the new way. Jesus had always been the way for both now and under the new covenant. Now, covenant means promise. And for the Jews, under the new covenant, they had sacrifices. to remind them that they had sin that needed to be paid, paid for. Until our sin is dealt with, we can't gain access to God's holy presence. We can't work our way into heaven. It was only because of the, Jew, the Jews and our belief and faith in God that this has been credited. It was only because of the, the Jews' faith in God that it was credited to them as righteousness. Now this credit was built up over time, or this debt, if you like. Um, and it was only Jesus who paid for both our, our sin and the Jews who'd sinned as well in the past. So Jesus was the one sacrifice for all. Now, Jesus is the way. There is a way every day. So God always provides a way for us. So we have a choice to make in the way we talk and respond to others, whether that's at school or at home, and how we respond to our thoughts and emotions. But Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit to lead us, like he did faithfully for the Jews with the cloud of the cloud in the, in the desert with leading them to the promised land. So in summary, Jesus is the way to God, the only way. This is because of his unique and perfect sacrifice on the cross. He provides a way for us. He won't let us go. God promises to be with us always. God will never let you down. He'll never let you be pushed past your limit. He always provides a way. The truth. Jesus claimed to be the truth. In this, in this one throw-out phrase, he hands out a massive slice of theological pie, of philosophy, Can a person be truth? Now the dictionary definition for truth is the quality or state of being true. 
or that which is true or in accordance with fact or reality. I love the description of a quality of state of being true. Like a plumb line is true. Jesus is eternally true beyond time. He doesn't change. Now some point to science as the truth. And science is a great tool. It's a great tool to search for truth in the world around us. But it can only say this is likely to be true. As we've seen in the past, science often reveals unexpected results. And we find out that what it said before wasn't the truth. Science has been used to validate a lot of things about Christianity, authenticity of scriptures, but it will never produce an equation to say or to prove that God exists. So Jesus revealed all this to try and align the minds of the disciples with the truth. Because for the Jews, Moses and his law are the truth. Now Moses was a mighty man of faith, but he was by no means the truth. The law was true, but it was not the truth. However, it was given by him who is the truth, the person of Jesus. Jesus wants a relationship with us directly. And this is now possible in the new covenant. There's no mediator or in-between priest that we need to go to. We can go straight to the one who is the truth. Jesus reveals facts about himself and ourselves and our situations. So this is always constructive, even if it's sometimes painful. This is in contrast to the enemy who always seeks to manipulate the truth, lie and cause confusion. So in summary, Jesus is the truth. We might not fully comprehend what this means, but we can trust him and let his truth mould our hearts and our minds. Finally, Jesus is the life. The law... The Jewish law is definitely not life. It's a heavy burden. But it clearly shows how far we we fall from God's holiness. The disciples had already testified that Jesus had the words of life. Peter said, Master, to whom will we go? You have the words of real life, eternal life. But Jesus goes even further and claims to be the life. Everlasting life is only possible through him. He is the source of all life. Everything is sustained through him, and without him there is nothing. Now each of us, whether we believe God, whether we're Christians or not, are made in the image of God, and we can enjoy aspects of life. We can enjoy creativity, humour, passion, patience, And they all reflect aspects of God's life. The Jewish Mario Kart. Sorry, Old Covenant. (laughs) And the tabernacle. 
provided assurance that God was with the Jewish people and it provided access to God through a priestly mediator. But how much more does the new covenant add? We no longer need a mediator. We can have a direct relationship with God through the Spirit. So do you want to read the message? Um, so Romans five seventeen, the message says, Yet the rescuing gift, that's Jesus' sacrifice, can't be compared to the death-dealing sin. If one man's sin put crowds of people at the dead-end abyss of separation from God, just think what God's gift poured through one man, Jesus Christ, will do. There's no comparison between that death-dealing sin and this generous, life-giving gift. Yes, the, the grace that we have now, being able to live in the freedom that God has given us, vastly um, goes beyond what the Jewish people had with the Old Testament. Um, there's one other verse that was read this morning as well. Blessed be God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in, hev- in the heavenly realms. So this is, this is real life. This is life to the full. So yes, that's the, that's the end really. Just to summarise... Jesus comforted his disciples and spoke truth to them. Jesus is the way. He's the only and unique way to God. He has prepared a room for us. Jesus is the truth. We might not fully comprehend what it means, but we can trust and look to him. When we spend time with him and read his word, it will mould our hearts and minds with the truth of God. Jesus is the life We are born again. We're not in a religion. We're free to have a relationship with God. He loves to involve us in his master plan. Um, So, knowing that Jesus is the way, the truth, and life, it's not just for end time, it's for today. It's for tomorrow, it's for next week, it's for every single day you wake up, you know Jesus is with me. He goes before me and he's in everything that I do. Um, We wanted to do a quick bit of prayer time. Um, And this is in preparation, I suppose, for the beginning of term. I know not everybody is going back to school or whatever, but um, we've just got some prayer points, I think, So what I'd like you to do, and it's only very quickly for the last five minutes, can you, if you're feeling happy to, in small groups, that could be your family or with other families as well, we're just going to pray through each of these points. So the first one, for people to feel peace, 
about returning to school or to work or whatever, a joy even, and courage, who else are there, because I know not everybody enjoys it. Um, friendships, that they make good friends, um, that they'll be able to spot those people that need someone to come alongside them, um, but also that God would provide a good friend for them whilst they're there. Um, strength and wisdom for the people in schools or in jobs, that they make wise decisions. Um, and also, I know in Lanes End Primary, I'm not sure about other schools in this area, but um, they have a thing called the Open Book, where people go in and um, basically do an assembly where they share um, a story from the Bible and they involve children in it. Um, so you could pray that that really touches not just the children involved, but the staff watching it as well. Uh, oh, and they're looking for new helpers. So yes, if you are interested, um, just type in "open the book" into Google search, and you or any other search that's out there, um, and you'll yeah find a bit more info on that. So um, if you are happy to just turn your chairs around and pray with people, um, and then in five minutes I'll kind of pull it all together with an amen. Okay, thank you. Lord, we thank you that you are the way, the truth, and the life. Lord, we, we thank you, Lord, all the efforts that we sometimes put in to get it right. We thank you that you have done everything to make it right and that we need to follow you. And so we, we pray in these days, Lord, at the start of this new term, Lord, help us to be followers of you. Help us to follow you by faith, to keep our eyes fixed on you. Thank you for the strength that you give us. Thank you for the wisdom that you give us. Thank you for the direction that you give us as individuals and as a body together, as a family together. Lord, we, we just pray as uh, the new term begins that we would keep our eyes fixed on you and we would hear your voice saying, this is the way, this is the way, walk in it. Help us to follow you with faith. So we give you these days ahead in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.